Hello and welcome to the Tantric Lounge where we talk sex, science and spirituality. I'm Jacqueline Hillier and as you can tell I'm sounding particularly sexy today thanks to a charming flu virus. But uh, we Yes, will... there's nothing like an inflamed larynx to give you the voice that particular quality, is I'm there? sounding more and more like a late night presenter. Oh, Jacqueline, it's all very, very sensuous. <laughs> oh, well, I think you were the one who gave me this charming flu. <laughs> Thank you, Zayn. Thank, I, think I think you would have gotten it anyway. Actually, I think the whole of Australia is coming down with this logie. But anyway, so, yes, so here we are. So here we are. So what's the latest on Planet Jacqueline? The latest on Planet Jacqueline? Well, gosh, it's actually been so busy, Um where I'm still putting together my revised website and putting together the new programs for men and women and organising new retreats and stuff. I uh, just wanted to do a little promo for the women's retreat that's coming up in November. It's three days of getting in touch with your absolutely gorgeous femininity, the power and beauty of your female sexuality. There's a couple's retreat at the just after that. Um, and for those of you who are international, you can come along to my Bali retreat in March. All the dates for that are up on my website at the moment. And stay tuned for Vietnam next September. So all of that is happening. Yes, and there's also the 30 Nights of Nookie. Yes. Tell me a little bit more about the 30, 30 Nights, Nights of Nookie. Nookie. Yes, yes. So that's thanks to Jurex, who asked me <coughs> to come on board as their sexpert to develop a 30-night program. Um with the idea being that couples sign up for this and over a 30-day period every single evening they engage in some delightful activity together. Is there a fixed date when this starts or can they start lots, They start their 30 nights sometime between now and whenever? Um, it officially launches in September. Right. So you can sign up now, right? So the website is live and the website is 30nightsofnookie.com and that's spelt 30 is in... Um, three zero. Three zero. Nights of Nookie, Nookie spelt with an I-E. Um, N-O-O-K-I-E. Yes, yes. 30 Nights of Nookie, and you can do this from anywhere in the world. .com.au. Yes. Um, so you can sign up now and you can follow the journey of our, we have a celebrity couple um, who I'm following through their program as well. Um, and they're all really beautiful, delightful activities. They're actually not sexual. Well, they're not sexes in, they're not about the genitals. Interestingly, a condom company's brief was not to include the genitals in the program, which is sort of interesting. And so, ironic. Yes. The um, so every so the 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 couples who sign on to thirty nights of Nookie mm, mm. will all be doing it at the same time. Yes, I think you can start later on. Uh -huh. The whole thing's going to be live until the end of the year. Oh, okay. So you can yeah. start with any time within that. Yes. To September, October, November. Because yeah. but at the end of November, if you yeah. haven't signed on, you're not going to get your thirty nights because December will run out. I don't know the details of that. I'll have but to get have back to, get to you on that I, one. I, yeah, well, you know, I like to think about systems. You know. Yes. We're going to do 30 good. nights, let's do them systematically. Oh, yes. Okay, night number one starts today. <laughs> yes, but I think it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, as I'm always going on about, it's more the, like the getting to sex than the actual having sex. It seems to be the issue for most people who I encounter. And what you'll get from doing these 30 nights is, is a toolbox, essentially. Yes. A whole bunch of different ways to connect. One Yet one more tool in the many tools that we offer mm -hmm. our listeners for mm. free. 
including this radio show, except, yes. of course, that the radio show costs money. Lots. Lots of money. <laughs> <laughs> so, so once again, yes. um, we're just reminding the people who listen to the show live and also people who listen to the show as a podcast mm. that this um, does cost a little bit of money to make happen and we would be really, really, really grateful yes. if you'd like to throw a little bit of money our way to keep this show live and, most importantly, independent. independent. As much as we love our sponsors, uh, mm. when we have them, we also like to keep a lot of autonomy and it's yeah. difficult to do if you're working with a sponsor sometimes because mm. you there are certain things that they quite reasonably ask yes. doesn't happen. Yes. But if we're to be truly independent and... yes. We need to maintain. bring you the quality that you're used to from the Tantric Lounge. The quality that you've come to learn to expect. Um, so sometime within the next few weeks, we'll have a magic button on the Jacqueline Hellier website. Yes, we have to wait until the new website is up because yes. there's too much happening at the moment in the in my back end. But <laughs> yes, but once Jacqueline sorts out her back end, there'll be a magic button you can press on her new back end, yes. which. Will enable no, it'll be my new front, front end. Your new front end. That's yes. We right. so have to change the back okay. end to make so, a new front end. So once Jacqueline has sorted out her back end, we'll yes. automatically sort out her it'll front end. It'll all be all end. nice and new and fresh. Yes, you, you can, you can my press... My new look, you back can, end. You can press her fresh front end. <laughs> the button of my front <laughs> end. Her front end. And, and find the delights of being able to share some of your hard-earned wealth yes. with us so that we can share some of our hard-earned wealth. Wealth. Knowledge. And, yes. Wealth of wealth knowledge. knowledge. Yes. With you. Mm. Mm. Moving right along. It's now quite a few minutes into our show and we haven't actually told our listeners what it's about today. Oh, yes. No, we haven't. No. Today's, no. today's today. show is about a mature woman's sexual mission. Yes. And I am so excited and about... We found a mature woman. <laughs> Really? Yes. She's laughing in the background. Yes, that's you can hear her in the background. So, yes, but this is not just any mature woman. This is a woman on a mission. This is a woman who had a major life change in her 50s. Which, which, what's the name of this magical mature woman? This magical mature woman's name is Trish Lehman. Did I pronounce that right, Trish? Lehman. Lehman. Sorry, I can never get that right. It's got an H in it. It's L-E-H-M-A-N. You'd think it was Lehman. Hmm. Wouldn't you? Don't but it's actually Lee. It's Lee Man. Yes, yeah. okay. Anyway, from now on referred to as Trish. Yes. Hello, Trish. Welcome. Good morning, Jacqueline. <laughs> and to you, Zaga. And to the rest of the world. And to the world, yes. Which, yeah, is, right which may not be necessarily having a morning. A true, true, true. They yes. could be listening to this at 11 p.m. Mm. for all we know. Well, people can listen to this show at any time. At any they? time. Mm. That's the power of modern radio internet stuff. Yes. Astounding. Trish, my my first question to you is, what is it that you call yourself? Because it's not just about this mission that you're on, because you are on a mission, aren't you, the sexual mission? Well, I did, I did um, use the phrase a year or two ago, saving the world one cock at a time. So I suppose <laughs> you could say it is a mission. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> brilliant. <laughs> um sort of stirs up all sorts of interesting imagery in my mm. head. Mm. So so how is it that to you... Excuse the pun. To, mm. yes, exactly. <laughs> so, oh, boom, boom. <laughs> so what's, what's, what's the deal with Trish Lehman? What, do, what, is it that, what is it that you call yourself formally now? What is it that you do? My title? Yes. Um, well, I really can't find a title for, for who I am and what I do. And I've sort of, uh, I think... 
Well, in the world, we all seem to have to have a title and have a piece of paper for what we do. And I haven't really got much of anything except I think I know how to love and that comes out through my hands and and my body. So what that's called, I don't know, a lover of the world, a lover of humankind or, um, I, you know, I'll put it out there to the listeners. They can give me a title if, it, if that <laughs> makes them feel happy. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a great, okay, the prize, we can, we can have a competition. The prize is a packet of Durex condoms of any variety that you like. But if you can email us and tell us after you listen to this program what would mm. be a great title mm. for Trish and the work that she does and what she should call herself. Because we tried, we tried banding around things like sex surrogate, mm. sex worker, which doesn't really describe what you do to the depth that it does. You do provide a humanitarian service, but you also get paid for it. Mm. It's all, but but it's, but your you see your mission seems to be about what you call loving touch. Yeah, I I guess so, um, and I suppose what really um, inspires me is the thing that you know we thought that we were. One would think that we, we were in an enlightened age. What, being we, in her, yeah. here in the early 21st <laughs> yeah. century? Yeah, and, you know, there was Germain Greer um, 30 or 40 years ago yeah. and there was Cosmopolitan and we thought we'd come out and, that we, you know, there was a sexual revolution in the yeah. 70s and whatever. Mm. But I am surprised to continually hear, not with women my age only, mm. but with young people who, you know, Girls in their 30s, in their mm-hmm. 20s, 30s, 40s, mm. who haven't had an orgasm. Women um, of all ages who mm. are reluctant to talk about sex. You know, I, I hear teenagers speaking about it um, in a crass way, giving a head job or, or yep. whatever, but not true, um, healthy, wholesome sex. Not when it comes to talking about their emotions or how they feel or the or or love. Sex. Yeah, oh, there's, there's airy-fairy, but I was in um, Ireland just recently and this woman who had been in France and she was running a women's group and she said, I've run women's groups in France for years, but she said, we always get to this spot. I just accidentally happened to be there that night. We always get to this certain spot and we don't talk about and it's sex. And I thought, good grief, you mm. know, we've got women's groups and we're not and talking not. about sex. Well, mm. what's going on? Well, it's like like so many of the clients who come to me have been seeing other relationship and marriage counsellors mm. and they're not addressing sex. Sex. And, like, how can you improve your relationship if you're not addressing sex? Sex. I remember I saw um, a beautiful book that Deepak Chopra did a few mm. years ago and he said, and it was about sex and coming from his Indian culture, yeah. you know, they knew so mm. much more than we, you know, know or are experiencing or using that information. And he said of the hundreds of thousands of mm. requests and questions that I get mm. in my years, he said, I never get anybody asking specifically about sex. Right. Is that because people think that they know it all or because they're reluctant? What are the reasons that you think people don't talk about sex? I think there's still, I don't know, Jacqueline, what do you think? I think there's still so much shame and guilt Mm. around it, you know, and um, even speaking about women's bleeding, young people uh, some months ago I was with and said something about us bleeding or blood, whatever, they go, oh, my God. Mm. Where are we at? You know, like if we're not bleeding, half of us have got penises, half of us have, have got vulvas, mm. and, you know, across every race, colour, yes. creed, yes. nation, every we get it human. together. Mm. 
you know, it's the most common activity across the planet. Mm. In, in a... In the near future, we'll be having a show on menopause and sex. That's another yeah, big taboo okay. subject. Oh, I'd like to be in on that one. <laughs> oh, feel, feel free. We'll invite you into the studio again yeah. and, you can, and you can contribute your point of view on yeah. that. But getting back to you, yes. who were you before you started doing the sort of work that you do? Um, who am I? Who was I? Who <laughs> will I? Well, you're still the same person. But <laughs> how was your life different what before What was you? my life? My life, I was married at 18 um, and... Uh, how I, old are you now, can we ask? I'm 62. Yep. Yeah. And... Uh, that's 44 years. Of marriage. Well, I was, I'm not married now. No, 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 that's 44 years ago. Ago. Yeah, true. My eldest will be 44 in September. Oh, was it one of those weddings? Oh, it was, and I was a ca- good Catholic girl, so it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't happy times around the family kitchen table. <laughs> Do you still have the shotgun? Oh uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, it was in retrospect. It was. It wasn't a bad experience. Yeah, but um, I think I, I was always a really spiritual kid. I grew up really Catholic, and I was. I don't know whether it goes being with being Scorpio, but I was always intense and over the top. <laughs> so when you said earlier on a mission, I was going to be a missionary. I was really spiritual. I wasn't just your Sunday Catholic, you know. You I, were in a lifelong missionary position. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've discovered many, many more positions than missionary now. But I was, I was always wanting to save the world or save. And so anyway, I got married at 18 because I was exploring um, I was sexually waking up, let's say. The man that I married was a really good man. He loved me and he pursued me. So we became pregnant and we had four children quite um, quickly. And then in my late 20s, so I think I was 30, I was still then yearning to get... I had had ecstatic experiences of bliss and heart opening and whatever under the umbrella of church. Mm-hmm. It was Catholic, but the thing that I did like, that I'm grateful for about that, we were very in tune with the lives of the saints and the mystics. Right, yeah. And I used to read Mm. books and books on the lives of the saints, and they were having extraordinary or paranormal or out-of-body or whatever experiences Mm. of ecstasy. Yes. Well, I began having them when I was at a Catholic boarding school. Was that through prayer, or how did they come upon you? Um, Were they spontaneous? Yeah, it was spontaneous, but I would be there, you know, the Blessed Sacrament, the Exposition of the Blessed Sacrament, and I, I was just in ecstasy, you mm. know. I can only describe it as love. I tried you to sound like an, it. You sound like an Australian version of Teresa of Avila. It was, when I read that, yeah. it was like that, yeah, and I'd be just in tears and rapture and I'd try to get all the girls praying and, and <laughs> you know, you must experience this love. So that's all I knew mm. in my life. I knew this great love inside mm. me and I had all the experiences that I should have turned me off and they didn't. Um, and uh, so then I, when in my late 20s I had these kids and I wanted to get back to this ecstatic state that no. I had experienced as a teenager and I went to a um, charismatic thing within the Catholic Church. I wanted okay. to be safe so I didn't want to get off track. Had to be Catholic. I had to be Catholic <laughs> because that was, you know. That's the only safe path. Yes, yeah. yes. That was your spiritual comfort zone. <laughs> well, that's all I knew and, mm. and I didn't have any reason to... Not be anything else. Well, in That's fact, right. you probably had a lot of reason not to because you would have got that whole Helen Brimfire and if you 
don't be Catholic, then you'll go to hell sort of stuff. Yeah, so. but uh, maybe, but, mm. it, you know, it, it was a feeling of like my mother and father mm-hmm. were beautiful people. My mother lived her faith. Yeah. So she, I didn't have anything to see that was hypocritical, mm-hmm. you know, with her and the way she lived. Um, so, but, so you had an, what many would have considered aside from these static visions, mm-hmm. <laughs> a reasonably ordinary life as a country housewife, Oh, before and that, yeah. And even as a kid, we didn't have television. Um, I didn't have any access to sex education mm. or um, I was just lost in the spiritual world. Right. Um, so back to your late 20s where you're yeah. saying you wanted to recapture these experiences yeah, I you went had to as this, a teenager. I went to this charismatic Yes, thing, that's right, yeah. And I had an auntie who was just an amazingly beautiful spiritual woman mm-hmm. and I didn't care whether I prayed in tongues or prophesied or whatever they were doing. I just wanted what she had. And so I went to this thing this night and people prayed with me and I sort of went out and whatever. Well, it manifested as an orgasmic, full-body orgasm right. for hours. Right. And, and it definitely had that sexual edge to it. That, no, that different? no. No, no. It was no, I still didn't. that same ecstatic. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't see that until mm-hmm. in retrospect. Right. Okay. But interestingly, mm. I in my 20s, I had enjoyed sex but mind you I had four kids and mm. breastfed for a lot of years and um but I hadn't had an orgasm right through my 20s okay and I, then when you did have an orgasm you had this full bot full blown full body thing no I had that first but it wasn't genitally you know um engendered, or, engendered. yeah yeah it was just this when I went back then after that weekend and I went back with my husband I began to have orgasms. Oh, this is exciting. But I didn't put the two together until years later. Ah. So you had a breakthrough orgasm, then a lot of little more mundane orgasms. Oh, then I got into the physical side of it. Okay. Yeah, then I began to have physical orgasms. So you had a spiritual orgasm first and then... A, a, then genital orgasms. We'll talk more about you and your orgasms oh. and where your <laughs> orgasms led after <laughs> the break. Continue and continue to lead. to lead you after the break. Okay, beautiful. And welcome back, listeners. And we're having a fascinating conversation here with Trish Lehman. <laughs> I've got the pronunciation right. And about a fascinating journey from um, good country Catholic mother of seven to um, sexual healer, shall we say? Oh, that's a title that has been used, yeah. Loving healer. Um, and we've been talking about the orgasmic. Well, you're sort of led by orgasm yeah. in some ways, weren't you? Mm. So you're telling us when you're late 20s you wanted to recapture that experience of um, rapture that you'd experienced when you were younger. When I was a teenager, yeah. yeah. So that was an amazing experience. And then when Joe and I began to, um, to, to when we were having sex in the weeks and the months after that, mm. oftentimes he was in tears right. and I didn't know what was happening and I began... Um, the other thing was in those early years a very good girl didn't masturbate you don't touch yourself oh good heavens no 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 after that and i didn't relate any of it i didn't put any of it together till years Mm -hmm. later i began to explore myself yeah and so it went it it all went together (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah it was a package deal (laughs) (laughs) given from god (laughs) so god did give you your genitals yeah so then joe and i had a wonderful time and then i became pregnant um Again, um, with number five, number five, I was really, and the youngest, the fourth was 
eight then. And okay. I was really excited to be pregnant with her. Um, but I was always involved with church. It was, you know, teaching scripture at school and, and you know, running liturgies. And I, I never did, I was never, and I would go to retreats and I was always searching and exploring and wanting more. So then I had another one and then I had number six. Um, and then 10, so we married 10 years when I had that first experience. Another 10 years later, I went and did Reiki. And um, it was a great weekend. But when I came, it was nothing, you know, there was mm. no whistles and bells. But when I came back, um, again, Joe was in tears when we were making love. The thing that I noticed then that, you know, oral sex, I could take it or leave it, both giving right. and receiving. After that, I began to love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this is all in retrospect. Right. I'm not seeing this till years down the track and put the whole story together. You're but too busy living these experiences to contextualise them. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm still much the same, actually. I'll leave it to the rest of you and the listeners to to analyse and, and mm-hmm. put meaning on it. You just experience. I it. just experience, yeah. Okay, so now we're in your late 30s and how many children are we up to? Uh, six then. Six now. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, and still searching and wanting and, and a lovely relation. And my husband was a good man mm-hmm. and provided really well. I didn't ever have to go to work outside the home. Yeah. Sometimes it was a little, sometimes it was a lot, but he always took care of that. Mm. And then, He was a farmer, wasn't he? Uh, an auctioneer. Oh, was he? Okay. Yeah. So farming, we had a beautiful lifestyle block and the kids rode horses. We chose, okay. to, we didn't have TV. We chose not, yeah. So, um then, um, that was in 91, uh, then in 94 I had another baby. I was 42 then. I rem- number seven. Number seven, yeah. I remember at that time, he was an experience, that I didn't read anything. I'd never watched porn, didn't have a TV, didn't have a computer, but I began, oh, jeez, I'd like, oh, jeez, I'd like that. And I began to have anal sex mm-hmm. um, just because, oh, God, I felt like it. That was 20, we were married 20 years. Yeah. So, again, it was, oh, gee, that was, I don't know where that came from. It was like you've been guided somehow. Always. Yeah. 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 Um, and how did Joe feel about this? Oh, he was always up for whatever. Yeah, he was He was he a was goer, great. was he? He was a goer. He was like <laughs> I said, my ever-ready battery. You could just sort of turn him on at any time. Um, and But in that, he was also beautiful. You know, when I was breastfeeding, when I had that seventh child um, and I'd breastfeed for three years, um, I didn't feel like sex at all. I think we didn't have sex for eight or nine months no. after she was born. Mm. And he was always, but don't worry, hon, you'll get it back, you know. Oh. Um, nice not to have the pressure. Yeah. Mm. And um, he was always lovely uh, like that. But I then, after that, I began, I, I started to want something like this. I, I knew that there was something missing, that I wanted this whole body, mind and spirit experience. Right. He was great with sex, mm-hmm. um, but I was still, I was wanting more, mm. um, you know. So then I got onto a book that I happened upon, um, Mantak Chia's um, Cultivating the Male Sexual Energy. Yes. Cultivating the Female Sexual yes, Energy. Yes, love Mantak Chia's work. Beautiful, Very yeah. big part of what I do. Yeah, yeah. lovely. Um, so then, you know, I, I get a book or I get a, a CD or something, Joe, you must listen to this, you must read this, we must do this. The poor fellow, he must have been nearly driven <laughs> and providing for all these kids as well. So um, I wanted him to start some of the, the exercises and the practices there and he didn't have the discipline mm. um, and I was getting a little... Antsy. Yeah. 
And um, so then in the end, um, I went... So we were married 37 years then and, yeah. and the youngest was 12 and I went, okay, I'm not living my truth. Right. I wished I could have been happy and mm-hmm. ordinary and and be, I was very happy with what I had, yep. a lovely home and all of that, but I just couldn't be. There was something else that was driving me and I, it's this potential that human has to live, the mm-hmm. potential that human has um, for amazing love making like I knew that it wasn't just about a physical act right and so it was good physically with your husband yeah but not it, it, but then that. then it started it started being that at the end of it right at the end of our marriage I said to him you can hit that button that button and that button and I turn on physically but yeah. at the end of it I'm, I'm lonely right you're yeah. not connecting with me yeah 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 and I began to be very dissatisfied then mm. And so I said in the end, I said, uh, don't touch me mm-hmm. because I I will turn on that easily. And he went, hun, that's way too big for me. And uh, so um, so then we separated. And um, How did he feel about that? It was really, really, really hard for him. He really, he loved me and I still get sad, you know, at the thought of it. After a couple of years, he actually had a... <coughs> a bit of a breakdown with that he's with another woman now and you know he loves his horses and his cows and and she does too and that's what he needs to be, you know that's that's as much as he needs mm. i i didn't i needed more than that yeah and um but one interesting thing too i look back um There were three big, the, the first big experience was that one when I was 30. Mm-hmm. And I only saw this a few years ago. That experience was about prayer. Okay. The second big experience I had was around um, in the mid-90s, after I'd had the seventh child. It must have been the late 90s. I'd done Reiki sort of 10 years before that. That was a, um, And this fellow who I knew Ran a, his whole body ran a lot of electricity. Like he, he mm-hmm. could actually turn on machines by standing next to them with right. electricity. <laughs> Love you, mate. But anyway, I experienced, I could tell you some stories about that after we're off the air. <laughs> I, wouldn't so, want, yeah. I, would, I, I can just imagine. I just wouldn't want him near the computer equipment. <laughs> well, absolutely. Absolutely. It was it was amazing. I've never seen or heard anything like it. So what, ha- so ha- what happened with me, Mr Electro? Mr Electro gave me a massage and... My body became an electrified circuit and it, the, the massage <coughs> went on for an hour and a half. I didn't know anything about breathing or, or tantra or anything. I didn't mm. know anything. I was just, again, experiencing and experienced this massage and at the end of it, like, my whole body was literally zinging, and which now I, I know what that is now. But I, bege- I almost levitated and he felt that happen and he got scared and we both sort of shut it down. But mm-hmm. it was incredible. Nothing sexual happened but mm-hmm. my whole body. So um, that the first experience was of prayer. Yes. The second big experience was touch. Mm-hmm. And the third big experience that we haven't got to yet yeah. was uh, with breath. Mm-hmm. And that's then what I use in my work is prayer, breath and touch. Yeah. Now. Interesting, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. So yeah. what's the breath experience? Well, <laughs> that's another story. Um, so going on to then, I I was in the country, 37 years we were married. He moved away um, because it 
was tough for him. And um, then 12 months later, I found myself, I went in the Christmas holidays to Sydney. I had just the last one at home then. And I went to Sydney for a holiday for, for two weeks. I had to be down there for something. And at the end of the first week, I thought, oh, my God, I've got to move to Sydney. And um, when I was back home, I had a really good friend. We used to run meditation groups together. We had discussion groups at our home, you know, on Monday, and we explored sort of ideas together. <clears throat> and she has gone on to do some amazingly wonderful work in the world now. And we're discussing, I said, there's more, there's more, right now I wanted more. She had an experience and she went off and did a tantra weekend. And she came back telling me stuff and I still had no desire or calling to go and do that and um, then I moved to Sydney that just within a week uh, which was pretty big and um, that was in 2008 and when I got down there three major things happened in that year the first was I met a black African man and um, I had sex with him in the stairwell of a public car park. <laughs> Brilliant. The first time I, I met, like I'd been speaking to him for two nights for a couple of hours and I met him and it was the most powerful experience. And uh, you people did a, um, you two did a, um, a program some months ago about unleashing. Yes. And what I then saw, again, in retrospect, that he just sort of planted me up against the wall mm -hmm. and just took me. And it was just stunning, amazing. And I was completely shaken and mm. exhilarated by yeah. it. But the old Catholics thing, oh, my God, like, how bad have I got? You know, like, <laughs> what am I doing? And this is my first experience after, right. you know, the marriage. Right. What I saw now, what I see now is that I was so spiritual and in so in the higher Mm -hmm. chakras in the higher realms that he really sort of fucked me into my body yeah you know he was prime like the sex is so primal, primal. brought you down to your lower chakras yeah yeah he, he earthed you oh he grounded he earthed me he fucked me he was amazing probably and needed a bit of earthing after <laughs> mr electric <laughs> i know and I'd, I'd lived this life i was 57 then i think mm -hmm. 56 57 and it was it was just astounding mm. And then, um, and we continued on and off for the next sort of few years. If ever I needed, you know, experience, it was grounding, grounding, jolly <laughs> <laughs> good rogering, grinding. Yeah. <laughs> it was him. It was just uh, amazing. And then, but around the same time, I met this other fellow uh, in Sydney who was. Um, I just met him on the train, and he was a married man who uh, had married late and was around 50-ish and um, I began an affair with him and mm. my kids say to me, you know, well, didn't you have any any guilt or, you know, where are you in this that you, did she know? No, she didn't know. And he hadn't had sex since his last one was born five or six years before and um, what that experience taught me yeah. was... Uh, I wanted, he loved his wife and yes. he loved his kids and I wanted him to be in that marriage right. and be with his kids. Mm -hmm. And it, it sounds weird and crazy and whatever word you want to put on it, but um, I felt like he would come into my place 
and I and we'd go to the golf club and and we'd made love in the bush and all sorts of beautiful places, <laughs> and um, he would come into my presence, mm. and right then I would choose to absolutely love him, right, and he was like a most beautiful lover, and I enjoyed it very much, but I knew. Um, that I couldn't have any attachment to him or to the the experience. Right. So what it allowed me to experience was to, you know, when he walked out the door, cut. Right. So it was an experience of pure love. Absolutely. But it was not attached to a particular person. So it taught me non-attachment. Yeah. So um, you could direct the love to yeah. one person but yeah. then leave it. Yes. Mm. And that in the beginning, it was a sort of a discipline, but I, I knew, you know, I didn't expect anything from it. I wasn't getting money for it then. Um, I didn't need to be taken out to dinner. I didn't need any mm. um, anything back. It was just... Just the experience. Just the experience of love in this moment. Mm. And in some ways, like sometimes I would just pour this love into him. And in my mind, I was going, just fill yourself up with love. Now go back into your home this yeah. afternoon and just give your wife love. Just put your arms around her and love her. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I don't know what happened. That went on for two years. Um, and around then at the end of that, um, this friend from home had gone and done this Tantra weekend and she, uh, the, <coughs> there were a couple who were teaching Tantra and they were a wonderful, wonderful couple and she wanted to explore more, this friend of mine, female friend, she wanted to explore more. De-armoring was what she was wanting to explore and she said, would you come with us? And I went, oh, yeah, you know, just say yes to everything. So the four of us began, we would get a, a house down in the country in the Southern Highlands or the Blue Mountains where we could make lots of noise and not be worried by anybody and every couple of months for three years, we four went to this to a country house and we decided to, to what, what limitations and what boundaries had society, church, everything put upon us and we were going to smash every boundary that we, we knew. So it, was, it wasn't just all a free-for-all, it was like... Um, what was I wanting to choose this weekend? It may be um, to get rid of some, you know, Catholic limitations or something. So mm-hmm. three would give to one. Right. And then this afternoon, now what would you choose to experience? What are you choosing? What are you wanting? What's coming up for you in your life at the moment? You know, could So it was be, very much a conscious exploration. It was a very conscious exploration. Mm. You know, we went from guilt to shame to abandonment to, you know. A, and you discuss these things at length and yeah. you would explore the feelings yeah. and you would get in touch with your emotions and you mm. would look back and your lives and think well where where had these limitations been put on and let's yeah, break through that, that let's break, let's make let's make a new contract with ourselves yeah absolutely about That's who we are put, yeah i'm good at that <laughs> <laughs> so it's not my creative collaborator <laughs> so what so what you were discovering was this renegotiation with yourself yeah and it was like then we had heard or known that if you take if we, ta- if we were to take ourselves to the highest vibration, sexual vibration that we could get with hands, breath, vibrators, through every orifice, what, 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 where could we go? Mm. How far can we take this thing? How far can we go? You know, what? And, and so the three would absolutely pleasure and we would, each person would choose. Mm. And then the, we'd have this discussion, we'd have a four discussion on which, 
you know, if it was my turn, uh, the four of us would discuss, well, how could we look that and what would be the best and whatever. And it would always go way off the scale to what we ever planned or imagined. We just saw magic and miracles and, you know, just getting around and all making love together. We would finish off sometimes and... Um, and I was always in charge of the cooking. I loved to create this nurturing space. That was what I was good at. And um, <coughs> it was just a blessing and a gift. Mm. And that's where I learned so much on the, what we call the four weekends. This is absolutely fascinating. I am so enjoying this conversation. And, so- we'll, and we'll look at more of this conversation after the break. And welcome back to this wonderful conversation we're having with Trish Lehman. And Lehman. Lehman. Damn, I thought I got it right. <laughs> Sorry, disillusioned. It's neither here nor there. With Trish, our sexual healer. And Trish, before we keep going sort of with this amazing journey that you've been on, I just have one question that I was reflecting on during the break just then, is that pretty well all of this has happened to you, you know, post-menopause, shall we say. Absolutely, yeah. And um, because there's this huge myth in society that, you know, when women hit menopause, they dry up and they lose interest in sex. And I know from my own clinical experience that that's not true because I get so many women coming to me in their 50s and Mm. kind of like, right, Mm. now it's my turn, I'm getting turned on and so forth. So I was just wondering, you know, know, your own experience as a mature woman, I mean, what are your thoughts about maturity and sexuality as a woman? Well, I think, you know, uh, after that... Mm. I began to have such beautiful, amazing sex and um, I'd really never been more juicy in my life. Mm. But I, I did just, it's flashed into me, I did go to, um, as I, just before I left my marriage, yeah. I went to a 10-day course uh, with a woman called Jean Houston from the States and up on Fraser Island. Mm-hmm. And some amazing stuff happened there. And mm. again, at a level that I can't um, analyse and put into words. Mm. Um but from then, I began to have this full body thing going on. Yeah. Um, I had this experience of going down to the earth. Mm-hmm. And, and interestingly, I hadn't had a bleed. I hadn't had a period eight months before that. I think I was 54, turning 55. Right. And uh, on, on Fraser Island, mm. um, I began to ovulate again and mm. bled two weeks later. Right. Uh, I don't, uh, that was something about Fraser Island's a woman in Aboriginal. Yes, um, yes, place. Yeah. very feminine. Yeah, so, and, and something happened then and I began to have these full body experiences, mm. uh, full body orgasms and it wasn't a genital thing, mm. it was a full body thing. Mm. Um, I, you know, and I left the marriage about two years, I think, after that. Right. Um, so then when I, I um, began to have sex after that, uh it was just amazing and beautiful, and then it was it was all full body. It was all, it was genital. It was full body. It was just I had energy racing through me, and that still continues to happen. And now. do you think that you're able to ha- have that energy race through you better now that you don't have the monthly cycles? Um. Well, I don't. I don't know. It's hard to compare, isn't it? Yeah. Because she yeah. didn't have the she didn't have the experience, experience. before menopause so it's difficult to tell but it's an interesting line of speculation yeah yeah i'm just reflecting on my own experience and so forth where i'm sort of perimenopausal yeah but um yeah no i'm just interested in what keeps 
a woman juicy. juicy. Or what can recapture previous juiciness. And what I'm interested in is the fact that what you're focusing on here is the energetic state. Yeah. And yeah. it's not about the physical. And, and yeah. the, all this, my belief around why women supposedly aren't as, you know, sexual postmenopause mm. is because of the physical symptoms. Mm. Whereas if you can keep yourself juiced up energetically and, mm. and sexually and so forth, then it shouldn't make a difference. And I think that that's what, you know, we, we still in our society, most for the most mm. part, still see sex as a physical as activity. As a physical activity, yeah. And it's it's not. Like, right. it, it is, yeah. but it's so much more. Mm. And that's what I knew as a young thing. Mm. All those years of searching, that's what I intuitively knew. Right. Yeah, the problem with the physical is that it's so compelling. For example, right now, Jacqueline's very much involved in a very physical relationship, relationship with yeah. herself, with the... Um, with the flu mm. and so no no i'm serious yeah. and i'm so and and what happens is that it, energetics can tend to go out the window mm. if you're overwhelmed by physical sensations and mm. i think what happens with menopause is a lot of women experience these very profound physical sensations that distract them away from the energetics mm. and it, until the physical things have to some extent run their course they may have to recapture that but it's certainly a very interesting line of inquiry about well, the balance between the physical and the spiritual and how to recapture the physical yeah. through the spiritual but i when i was going through menopause i thought i'm not doing this and so and i was really healthy and i'm not a drinker or whatever um i went to an acupuncturist and i had herbs and i went down that track because that's the track i always go i have heard great things about that yeah so i didn't have all that vaginal dryness or mm. all those physical symptoms that they talk about mm. i had a bit of hot flush and i'd go back to my acupuncturist and said well this is happening and go okay let's sort of sort that out mm. so it wasn't a big deal you know so um i i, I don't no, like I didn't have that mm. profound physical. No. But you did have profound spiritual insights and profound spiritual energetic phenomenon experiences yeah. that then led you to actually doing this as a calling for work. Yeah. I'd really just, like that. Yes, yeah, so tell us about that tell now. About just, that. Could I just go back just a little sure. thought that flew yep. in there? When we're having children, the energy that goes to nurturing and mothering mm. is such a different energy it's such mm -hmm. a different and I, I suppose when i was with that fellow yeah. it was like i knew that i knew that oftentimes oftentimes mm. i did not feel like sex at all yeah when i was nurturing mothering you're in that mode that energy maybe here's another thought that mm -hmm. i was finished that right mothering nurturing i only i had one you know at home mm. but i was <laughs> Which allowed compared to seven is like nothing yeah <laughs> but i was allowed to my energy was able to go Mm. That's just a thought. That I don't is, know. That is interesting. Mm. Still, I want to get up uh, back okay, to, the, where were the, we? to the business. Yeah. And, uh, how, did, so, how did you get into the business? Oh, the business. Well, when we went on the four weekend, they were going to a, a sexual healers conference, the mm -hmm. first in Australia in Melbourne, and we were having one of our weekends there in Melbourne in January. I said, oh, could I come along to that? And they went, yeah, sure. So I went to that and I saw these people doing, there were some sex workers there, but people doing amazing things. And I went, oh, my goodness. Like, mm. I think I have to do this. And it was such a shock, really. Mm -hmm. I was just having a lovely time, you know, in the... Uh, this was... We'd only had a couple of weekends together, we four. Uh, and in that... Just that weekend before Melbourne, it was then... I said, we'd used vibrators and, and massage and all sorts of things before. And I said, look, I want to experience... Like, I know ecstasy. I know 
the raptures, you know. I, I don't want to rely on, even though vibrators can take you to a very, very heightened state, I want to do it with, let's try it with breath. Yeah. That was my intention mm. for my session. So I did do it with breath and I had... I think the two the the teachers they were just terrified with what happened there <laughs> and what came through. Mm. The other little girl, a mate of mine, she knew me, um, and that was the most amazing thing. So then, when I look back, there were those three things: yes. the first prayer, the yes. second touch, yes. and that third one was breath. That right. was that where that experience occurred. So anyway, I went to that conference in Melbourne, and I thought, good grief. I've got to do that. What would that look like? How? Mm. How? Mm-hmm. No clue. And so 12 months went by. We still kept having our four weekends. I think that that uh, love affair was happening in that time. And then the next conference came along and um, could I mention Deej's name? Yeah. 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 So um, Deej, who I believe you may be having on the show. I'm going to interview in two weeks' time. Yeah. Fabulous chap. A wonderful, wonderful man. He gave me a massage uh, at that conference or just after and he said, Trish, you just embody this work. For Mm. God's sake, get an ad in the paper and get moving. (laughs) And I, what? How? And uh, so I just decided then that I didn't want to be a Tantra teacher. There were plenty of good teachers there and I didn't think I could teach anything and I didn't want to receive money and that there was an outcome expected because I actually didn't know what I was doing. Right. I just knew something that was happening. So I put an ad in um, the... um, just in the um, adult section of the newspaper mm-hmm. saying tantra massage and I was really thinking about my age. I thought, oh, you know, um, there was a gap in the market for older men and I had my thoughts about that. But um, I thought this is ridiculous. Like nobody starts doing this work. And, and at those conferences there were beautiful looking young goddesses you mm-hmm. know, around. A little aside on that, mm-hmm. I think now that I couldn't have done this work in my 30s. No. Or 40s, but you know, I you I, hadn't matured. I just to the point. wouldn't have that emotional being able Depth. to hold somebody. Yeah. Um, the um, you know, I saw some pretty amazing things then in the years after that, and uh, I, I, as a 30 year old or 40 year old, even I couldn't have held that, mm-hmm. I couldn't have held that energy. So, anyway, um. The, I, I then I got an ad in the paper. I was able to get a place. I decided to work from home. I decided as now that I was going to use my name. I wasn't going to be Cindy Lou or anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't going to wear sexy gear. That mm-hmm. just didn't fit. And um, I put tantra massage, older gents preferred. And I just started, I would be able to hear on the phone mm-hmm. whether um, I could screen out. Right. Um, and some, they would just say, what is Tantra? And I wanted ordinary men mm-hmm. and to give them an extraordinary experience. That's beautiful. Yeah. Mm. And that's ba- very basically what happened. And, and a great majority of men who had never <coughs> accessed a service like this before, they didn't even know why they came. What was your first top client like? Um, I can't actually remember the first one. But you didn't find it difficult to get into the work? No. You intuited, oh, your, you intuited your way through? No, I went to another lady, another lady called Ali, and I did a day. She said, I'll, when I met her at that conference, she said, mm-hmm. I'll teach you. And I went, okay, so she just went, this is the process I use. And um, <coughs> I just start here, massage there, massage there, um, get them breathing and whatever. So I'd done all of that on the fall weekend. And right. when I looked at those those weekends were just, they were my 
beautiful teachers. Yeah. Um, and they had been doing a lot with Charles Muir and um, mm-hmm. so they knew their stuff. Right. So this early I went and I learnt massage, I learnt some breath and whatever. And then one of the rules I remember was don't allow a man to touch uh, like don't allow his hands go because the, his energy goes out. Get it, keep it contained. So I started with that rule, and then what do you mean by that? So don't let him touch. Don't let him touch you. Oh, so it's just one way touch. You touch one him, and touch. he doesn't touch the other way. Yeah, yeah just sure. get him to keep focusing on his breathing and inside, yeah. and whatever. And then these men were having extraordinary experiences, and then I got my own way about how I did that. Then um, the touch and um, and each was so different mm. and this one fellow was was not married he was about 50 and he was just a shaking mess at the end of this you know hour hour and a half or whatever it was and he said Trish just hold me mm-hmm. and I thought oh shit of course you'd ble- no, need holding you know how could I not do that right so then I began to that and then I would get men who didn't actually you could see they didn't know how to make love to a woman mm-hmm. then I'd just sort of okay I'd let them um touch me and I'd say oh, okay what about we try this and whatever try that so it 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 evolved quickly, organically it did mm. very quickly until I got my own way and my own um and I'd always talk with them first and what they wanted and yeah is there a, such a thing as a typical client Absolutely not. <laughs> my youngest was about 20. That was surprised me, these young fellows that right. started coming. And I went, look, I'm in my late 50s. And they'd say, yeah, that's okay. And what they were having, they were having sex and they're going, there's more than this. Mm-hmm. And so I, and they had amazing, there were about three that came then often. And the, the energy was just, each session was getting bigger and bigger and bigger and just teaching them to... Um, you know, like our sex is sort of very localised. Yes. You know, okay. And mm. so just teaching them to breathe the energy up through their body and they would get the whole electrical. To feel it through, yeah, yeah. once a guy does that. Yeah. Yeah, can feel it in yeah. his whole body. And then to old men who weren't having an erection and they just need to be touched mm-hmm. lovingly, mm-hmm. you know, and just, you know, I love the male anatomy. Like I love having my hands on a male body. And you work with disabled men as well? Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah that's people that How long do these sessions last? Oh, anything from an hour to three hours? Or How much do they cost? Well, I was a bit funny like that. I, it was $200 the session. And Not for three hours, surely. Well, I did. Oh, because it, I know it was ridiculous, but I just... And why is it that so many people in the healing profession do not value their services? Well, I can't, I can't look at a time. You know, I go, okay, you know, like how would I know that it's going to what go on three hours? What needs to happen needs to needs happen, to happen. Yeah. in that time. yeah. Mm. Maybe that's why you're so successful at the work you do because you do, because you do what's necessary. To do, yeah. Mm. And then you just work your way through it intuitively and you're not overanalyzing and people come back because they're gaining something. And mm. what's wonderful about your work is that then they can bring that to their partners and yeah. to their relationship. Yeah. Would you ever consider working with couples? Uh, I've just been asked that this week mm. recently. I did work with one couple and, mm-hmm. yes, I would, yeah. Um, I feel like it it seemed to be I loved men and they were the ones that came, but my work is changing at the Mm. moment. Again, it's evolving organically. Yeah. You're Mm. being led. I am. So there we are. I still don't have a title. And as soon as I would get one, maybe I'd be something else. Well, I think that you're just the most wonderful, beautiful sexual healer who provides loving touch to those in need. (laughs) Thank you, Jacqueline. I don't like to use the word heal about it. It Why not? I don't know. You've got to heal something? No, just let me honour their men and their penis. You're a sexual honourer. 
honorer and then they they come to themselves the beauty yeah. of themselves a horticulturist <laughs> <laughs> you cultivate their sexuality yeah, i allow a sexual them, cultivator yeah. i allow them to to own their sexuality yeah whatever form that takes you know that um and being a, was an amazing thing when i the the, the male would, I would give him permission to mm. unleash his yes. wildness and I yes. could hold that. that was, oh, oh, that was very great cool. when a man does that. Oh, yeah. and that exciting, wonderful unleashing note. Yeah. I'd like to say thank you so much for coming here today. Oh, Time has pleasure. flown. It, it has. has. It's it has. been absolutely wonderful and I'm sure that you fascinated and, and, and hopefully inspired so many of our listeners. So. Oh, well, that's my story. Yeah, well, all the best. Thank, thank you. you. And um, we'll thank wind up here. Thank you for having me been a pleasure and we will everyone please join us again for another fascinating time down on the tantric lounge next week